everybody, it's SPO Perspectives, another great week up ahead. I tell you, when you hear this episode, it's going to be unbelievable. I'm Jack Mitchell, and I'm here with my partner, John Bricado. And we're going to bring it to you. And uh, like I said, if if you don't get something out of this episode, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but I mean, I can say that each and every week as it started off this year, it's getting better and better. So we're looking forward to, I'll let John go in and let you know the details. Yes. And, and an episode like this is really why we started, well, Jack started this podcast and was so gracious to bring me in. But today we have Dr. Phyllis Harrington. She's the president of NISCUS and a longstanding superintendent currently at Oceanside. And we had such a nice time speaking with her and she offers incredible insight from the lens of a superintendent on what makes a school business official successful, not only if they're a veteran in their career, but those that are looking for an entry point into the profession. So we're really excited to bring you this interview. And here is our interview with Dr. Harrington. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Phyllis Harrington. Dr. Harrington began her teaching career as a speech language pathologist. She quickly moved into school administration as a director of special education in Oceanside, the district she now serves as superintendent. From special education, Dr. Harrington moved into an assistant principal position followed by a principalship in the Lawrence School District. Having a deep passion for curriculum, she became the assistant superintendent for curriculum and instruction in the Oyster Bay East Norwich School District. She moved into the superintendency there, serving in that role for nine years before moving back to Oceanside in 2013, where she has been since. Dr. Harrington received her doctorate from Hofstra University in Educational Administration and Policy Studies. She currently serves as president of the New York State Council of School Superintendents. Dr. Harrington, thank you so much for being with us today. You yes. are more than welcome. I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you for coming, Dr. Henry. It's so great. And I know that a lot of our listeners don't know, but you and I, I guess, starting to foster uh, a good relationship. I kind of see you almost as an informal mentor myself. I never can forget or, or or think about how earlier this year I was gracious enough to be in a meeting with you and your assistant superintendent. I mean, that, that was an experience. I got to say myself. I told John about that. And uh, the tidbits you gave me, uh, providing me the emphasis for saying, hey, let's let, let's get you on. And you, of course, being a NISCUS president, that is really big. So, um, you know, this is uh, really. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, a big, yes, big yes. part of our charge is really kind of connecting the different organizations. Both Jack and I serve on the board for, for ASBO. So we're really excited to have you on today, especially being with NISCUS as well. So thank you again for, for joining us. My absolute pleasure. So I'll, I'll jump into it. You know, part of what we do, SBO Perspectives, if you, if you aren't aware of, you know, it's a weekly podcast. It's mostly like not just even dealing with only our peers, right? But trying to give best practices, giving insights, things of that nature to kind of help the business. And, you know, you being, I guess, the top soup, right? Quote, unquote. It's, I think, essential for folks to hear how the relationship is in your eyes, right? What that relationship should be or is best conducive uh, for both both sides, right? So I guess in a nutshell, what are superintendents in your eyes looking for when hiring an SBO? So there are so many elements to that because the relationship between the superintendent and the SBO is indisputably probably the most important relationship in the organization. I I really do believe that other than the relationship between the superintendent and the board of education. Um, So certainly when hiring an SBO, you, you have to sort of start with 
What's their knowledge base? It's a tricky business, the world of school business. You know that. You know that there are rules that come from so many different um, angles, whether it be SED, whether it be Gatsby, whether it be a board policy. And you have to really know it all. And you really have to have a sense of the big picture. So, so knowledge is key. But more than that, or in addition to that, it's not just enough to have the knowledge. You have to be able to speak to that in a way that is understandable to your fellow administrators, Mm -hmm. to your superintendent, who may or may not have a, a base of knowledge relative to the business world, but also to your community. So you really also want someone who has really great communication skills and can actually teach the, 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 the information that they have second nature in their head. Yeah, that's vital. Yeah. I, I would really say the, the third piece of, the, of, the, of, the, of this is really also they also have to have a very strong moral compass. So that means a couple of things to me. It means certainly, obviously, always doing right from wrong. That That's kind of basic. But I also think that in the world of school business, you also have to be able to follow the law, follow the guidelines, to be crystal clear on that, not Correct. cross that line. Mm-hmm. But you also have to know how to find the gray areas. That if you have a business official that is always black and white, then you're really not able, I think, to get to the point where you really need to to get to, to have an organization that is going to do what's right for all kids and is is going to focus on student achievement at the end of the day. So I look at all three of those things um, together when looking to hire a school business official. So th- those are great points. And, and I want to ask too, and let me give you a little bit of context. So Jack and I are co-chairs of uh, a ne- we're calling the next generation committee with, uh, with ASBO. And really we're doing a lot of different things. And one of those is trying to get the profession out there and get recognition and understanding that, you know, being a school business official is an actual job and that people can really, you know, strive to do that. And it's great work. It's really fulfilling and it's, it's a great career, but what we're finding now as an organization is that there seem to be retirements that are outpacing the amount of people that are coming into the field, which is going to leave a huge gap. And there's only so many interim positions out there and people willing to do them. So I guess one of, one of my follow-up questions to you is just kind of with the, the looming issue of not having enough you know, sitting business officials to fill these jobs, as a superintendent, you know, what would you say if like a business official or an aspiring business official hasn't really sat in the seat yet, but they may have requisite experience. I mean, what would you be looking for? Right? Are you looking for a learner? Are you looking for somebody who has business office experience? So that's that's a, a great question. Yeah. So let me start by saying school business officials, it's, that's not the only area in, in the world of education and in our world where we're seeing people less hesitant to enter into that field. Yeah. Superintendence is a big issue too. We're seeing, we're seeing that yeah. as well. And I, I, we can have a whole separate podcast just talking about <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but what, what I would definitely say is, you know, one of the things I would, I would say is, is it's, it's not always about experience. So, so it's, it's a combination of your willingness to learn. You use the word learner and, and sort of an innate level of, of intelligence and, and, and knowledge and knowing 
what you knowing what knowing to ask when you don't know you know knowing what you right. don't know right so i'll give you an example of what i did in a previous district when when i we i did not have a school business uh, official and there was really no one out there at that time who could have stepped into those shoes. Mm-hmm. So I saw a big picture. I saw a long term. And ultimately what I did was I wound up having an interim person for a short period of time. But then I created an assistant business official position. Some districts have them in larger districts. This was a small district. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I had an assistant was a big deal for the district my size. It would probably would be in Briarcliff as well. But I did that with an understanding. I met a young man that I knew was go, was a superstar. I knew he had that moral compass. I knew he had a, a strong knowledge base in business, not quite yet school business, but he had that knowledge mm-hmm. base. And I knew he was an amazing communicator. He had those three pre, prerequisite skills. Awesome. He really didn't have the right training, but I convinced the board to bring him on board. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a salary, much less than what he was ultimately going to make. And then I simultaneously coupled him with a recently retired superintendent from a neighboring district, paid that person a certain amount of money, okay. paid my assistant a certain amount of money. And I told the board, understand in a year's time, my assistant, he's going to get a blank raise. He's going to jump exponentially. Mm-hmm. but. It was basically pretty much exactly what I was sort of paying for wow. him and the mentor at the same time. So my point is, that's one way to do it. Yeah. I think that superintendents have to be creative mm-hmm. and have to be willing to find those people with those those qualities, like I said, and grow them from within, really. Oh, that was um, great. Wow. You know, um, so, and, and, so it's and, essentially what you did is you created your own kind of mini mentoring program within correct. the district. That's genius. Correct. Yeah. That's genius. Correct. That right. I, I also think that you you have to tap people because I think you hit on something that this is a, a, a profession that young people, it, it's not even on their radar. They just don't even know that that position exists. Yeah, I didn't know right. it exists until I worked in a school district in technology, let alone business. You know, I, nobody has an idea. Correct. It is a it is a wonderful pathway for young people. So we you know we have conversations. High school's a little early to you know get people to think like that. Mm-hmm. But you know you never know. You know uh, it, it it. But certainly internally we have uh, convinced people. I had a former board member in a previous district. He was an entre- He was a. I won't tell you his whole story, but he wasn't a business official. Mm-hmm. He had done a, a number of other jobs, and he was a really outstanding board member, and really got very interested in school board and board sc- school operations. Mm-hmm. And mid mid life, he came to me and said, "Am I out of my mind thinking <laughs> about this? Because I really love the." And I said, "Absolutely not." Here's the here's the interesting thing. Because I'm a school educator, I just made a, I made a leap of an assumption that okay. he had his already had his master's degree, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that in in somewhat the normal world, a lot of people don't go to those extra levels. My only yeah. point is this: this gentleman not only had to get his master's, he had to get his master's and then get his certification. Oh, wow. He wow. is now he is now as we speak a very, very reputable assistant superintendent for business in, in, a, in, a, in a local school district. And I think one of these days he, he has the potential to be a superintendent. I really wow. believe that. Very nice. So, 
you have to find those ways yes. to tap people. Absolutely. And it's just not a normal trajectory. You know, right. superintendent is a little bit more of a normal trajectory, interestingly enough. You, you're a teacher, you're a, a principal, you're an ASI, usually for curriculum. And, you know, and then you move up. It's, it's just not... It's not the same pathway. So I applaud what you're doing. It's necessary and great work. Thank you. And Dr. Harrington, I I thank you because as somebody who started their career kind of non-traditional in the education sector, I had somebody who kind of took a chance on me and we did a very similar mentoring uh, structure. So I applaud your creativity and and I hope that those listening, you know, kind of adopt the same because we are facing a a pretty... uh, big shortage as it relates to, to school business officials. But, you know, going back to what you were speaking to on the relationship, you were, you were saying how vital it is between the superintendent and the business and officials. The integrity. You're, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And can you maybe dive into a little bit more of what you think are the most important aspects for a positive relationship between the business and officials productive, and the superintendent? Yeah. It, it, it comes down to really one word, trust. Okay. As a superintendent, absolutely. you must be able to trust your assistant super business. When he mm-hmm. or she tells you this is what it is, you have to believe that to be true. You have to believe it to be nothing other than what they're presenting to you, nothing more, nothing less, and you must be able to trust them. You know, in the area of curriculum and instruction, which is an, is, is, is an area, as, I, as you mentioned in my intro, that I'm inc- incredibly passionate about, you can make mistakes. <laughs> You know, you can make, you can miss a deadline for SED. You can, you can, there are things that you can do that will not take down your district. But people get pretty touchy about their tax dollars, right? Right. In school business, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. cannot make mistakes. You cannot make the, you know, or, or you certainly can't make mistakes without recognizing what happened, why it happened, and how to go to their mistakes are always going to be made, but yeah. you have to be able to, you know, without question, be able to defend what happened and how it will never happen again. So it comes down to trust. So when the other side is Dr. Harrington, I guess, you know, and that's very important. John, I know being in the roles ourselves and having colleagues, can a relationship then that maybe it's going south with the superintendent, right? Can, can that actually be salvaged? That's I, I, you know, it, it's a great question, and I've been thinking about it since I, I, I knew you were sort of go- going to ask that. Because I, I don't, I don't really know. I guess it really depends on what happened and why it happened, right? Yeah, so, maybe the level of trust, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it's you broken, know, I, you have to be, you have to be willing to give people a chance. You have to be willing to let them grow into the position. You know, I'm. I'm probably a difficult superintendent for an SBO to work with because I do have, because yeah. of my, my, my smaller district that I worked in, one of the great mm-hmm. advantages going back to that, John, of working in a smaller district, mm-hmm. I was the curriculum person, but I was knee deep in business and operations because okay. it was too small. Right. Got so it. Wear many hats. I mean, there were things I had on my plate that normally an ASI for curriculum would never be involved in. And when I assumed the superintendency there, that's when I lost the business official. It was, a, you know, and I, I had no choice. I wasn't doing the day to day operation, 
but I had to learn very quickly what a fund balance was, where our reserves were. Where, you know, mm-hmm. I had to learn all of that. And by the way, it was right at the same time that everything hit the fan with with the five point plan based on. Oh yeah, okay. so it was wow. it was worst case scenario. <laughs> Perfect storm. You, know, you made I, it, so that's good. Right? Fire, right? Yeah, you did. Um, so so I really do have an understanding. Okay. You know, but. But, you know, so I, I, I think it really would depend if someone, right. if, 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 if a colleague of mine, quite, quite honestly, any colleague just outright lied to me about something, mm-hmm. that would probably for me personally, that's a non-negotiable and that was never a relationship. Okay. That's it's fair. really, it's really challenging to walk back from that yes. if, if yeah, someone's yeah, outright lying fair. to you. But if, but if someone made a mistake and they didn't mm-hmm. quite know how to work around that and, and they were so, you know, I, I, you know, everyone deserves a second chance. Okay. <laughs> second chance. But but if you have that level of trust, then there should be no reason for the relationship to to to, to ever go that south that it's severed and you can't return from that. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, you, you. you've been a, you've been a superintendent for some time now. So could you maybe put yourself in a new school business official shoes? And what would you say? is something that that person would have to or not do to foster a strong relationship with a superintendent, just kind of from your vantage point as a school CEO. Communicate, 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 communicate. So for example, I have, well, he's not new any longer, but my current SBO, this poor gentleman came on board. And then like three months later, we we went out for COVID and then we had all of last year and (laughs) He's just amazing. You and said I, this I, poor gentleman. Yeah, I do. I, my heart, you know, but I, I'm sorry. Him. I don't know. I, I gotta laugh. I adore him because he's, he, the one thing I knew, I, I, you just knew it about him. The minute you met him was he, he knew a lot, but he also knew what he didn't know and wasn't afraid to ask. Sometimes and that's and more that's important me. too. But the that's other it. thing yeah. that, and, and I had to, I had to get him to this point to be comfortable doing this we meet, and I think maybe Jack, that might have been the meeting that that you sat in on. We, even though we see we're in the same building, we see each other coming and going and talking, and a million things happening over the course of any given week. Mm-hmm. We will sit down together every Friday for fifteen minutes. It's all it takes. He's yep. got his agenda. Boom, 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 boom. This is what's going on. Keeping me in the loop, asking questions, letting me know I can ask questions. I can put things on his agenda. We communicate regularly and we will continue to do that 10 years from now if we're both fortunate enough to still be to to still be here it Mm -hmm. is about communication and not being afraid to do that if you have if if your new sbo and your superintendent can't find the time for you to do that find another job Yeah. It's not the it's not the place for you, and it's not the place where you where you can be the most successful. You know, worst case scenario, you put a you put a, a highlights of, of an agenda together of things that you want. In in worst case scenario, you 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 hand it over to the superintendent and you say, "This was on my agenda for this week," or "This is what I accomplished," or "This is where we are right now." My my SBO is also in charge of facilities. We have a director of facilities, but that mm-hmm. report that's huge. Oh, that's right? common. Yeah, it is common. That's a whole nother world. Oh, no, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, there's just a lot going on. And Uh and that's true of every district. So uh, I would definitely say a key to fostering that relationship Mm -hmm. and and keeping things 
really on a steady course is communication. And oh, that sounds really good. I, I, would, I would be surprised if there was a superintendent who didn't want that type of an approach. Whatever style works for people, everybody's yeah. got their, you know, but a face-to-face, absolutely. Well, I have to Very tell you, that's, that's got to be really refreshing to a lot of our listeners because as we, Jack and I do have, you know, far-reaching relationships across the state and oftentimes we hear that communication is an issue. So, I mean, to hear from you that, you know, if your superintendent isn't taking the time to communicate with you, you know, th- that's probably not the job for you that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's incredibly refreshing to hear from a lot of people. Thank you. I, I say it, and I would say it again, it's, it's not the place where you can be your best self. That's right. how I would look at it. Yeah, you know? makes sense. Um, yeah. So overall, Dr. Harrington, you know, that's with the relationship, right? And that's key, you know, I guess. And I would say that's probably the most important thing to do. And because really you think about, well, what shouldn't you do? What, what you should do? That is going to answer both questions there. You just need to communicate. But now, I guess, as you're wrapping this up, what do you think overall the best piece of advice you can give to any SBO? Now, whether they're experienced or not, if they're working with the new superintendent. Oh, that's interesting. So, so if, if, if you're the experienced person and you're working with a brand new person, then, then I think you first want to ascertain how much that superintendent knows or doesn't know about the business world, True. right? Okay. You, know, you want to be presumptuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you decide, once you find out what that is, then you work to help that person develop their skills and their, and their knowledge base. You know, I heard a superintendent not too long ago, basically kind of ingest make a comment that, thank God I had this SBO because I know nothing about the budget. Absolutely nothing. And this was a comment that was made publicly and I think to myself, but there, you know, some superintendents really turn that over 100% to the SBO. Right. In my opinion, okay. that's got to be a shared doc. Uh, uh, that's got to be a living document that both of you- Lock stuff. Um, you know, yes. and, and you share yeah. and you own. Yeah, there shouldn't um, be any surprises as it relates to the no, budget. No, no. <laughs> the one thing I do do, and I want to say this before before we certainly end, is the one thing I do as often as I can mm-hmm. is I do make it make a commitment to dragging the SBO out of the office okay. and, coming, and coming with me to various schools during the day when there are actually things called children inside of them. Oh yeah. And and then I because I you sometimes have to show the SBO this is what those numbers represent. Yep. It's yeah. not just like numbers. That. This is what you made happen. This mm-hmm. is when when you I'm going to use the expression Rob Peter to pay Paul. And, you know, we know that that this limits within that. But let's be honest. Right. When you were able to make that happen and you mm-hmm. said, yes, I'll find a way. You didn't say no before we added. When you said that, this is what this is what this is what came out of result. I don't think enough SBOs do that. I don't think enough of them get up, get out of the office and get into those buildings. And I make it my business to 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 make that a priority for that's me. great yeah because uh, i think it's so important what a yeah. great piece of advice because i mean get as an spo myself getting out in the buildings it really reminds you and gives you that perspective as to why we're doing what we're doing because all too yes. often you can get lost in spreadsheets and mandates and regulations but when you're seeing the kids in the building i mean that really resets it for you so that, that's 100%. a great point 
That's a great you know, point. Doctor, I know this is not one of the questions that, that uh, we have, but I know as we just wrapping up, I'm just curious because I know folks may want to get to know you, maybe not too personally, but I want to know what book can you suggest? This is off, this is off topic, but like just to get, maybe I'll get a sense of more of who you are and what you're like, but what book are you reading or maybe you can recommend? Because that's something different. And we, we're trying to get more of our listeners to understand folks we have on are more personable too and not just right. kind of like right. didactic so- type interview questions. So, so it's a tough question to ask me because I'm an, I'm an avid reader, but I do, I do love getting my hands on any books having to do with leadership. So there are many, many, many that are in my mind, but given the topic and, and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish with reaching out to in particular people on the, on the beginning end of their, of their, of their tenure, if you will, Mm -hmm. there's a book by Mike Ford called the cycles of leadership okay and it's just so easy to read and it speaks about the three cycles you start in survival you go to creativity and you and then you cycle into legacy and it 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 it, the the way they talk about how and why you're in those cycles at any given time in your career Mm -hmm. i think it's just pure brilliance and i think it's um incredibly important for any any administrator to, okay. to understand that, but in particular, people who are moving through those cycles, because you you, you don't want to stay in survival forever, right? Because right. A, you wouldn't survive, but yep. you have to know what, what it takes to get to that next level and then the next level. And then quite honestly, there are also people that are moving move jobs. And you have to realize that when you start in a new position, mm-hmm. you're back into the uh, survival stage. When right. I left Oyster Bay, I was nine years as a superintendent. That's a pretty good t- by itself. It is. I came to Oceanside. I, I left Oyster Bay in the legacy cycle. That doesn't mean I left a legacy, but I was in that cycle for sure. Mm-hmm. However, I had to recognize that when I started in Oceanside, even though I was X amount of years experience, I was back in survival. How was that transition for you? Was that was it kind of jolting to go from legacy to survival? It it, it was to an extent, mostly mm-hmm. because I had to get used to a, a, a board of ed that functioned very differently than my previous board. Not better, yeah. not worse, just different. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only thing is, because of my experience and my knowledge, I was able to pretty quickly get out of the survival stage. Right. That's great. Well, yeah, you so- have that. Listen, you got that pedigree. And I could see it and I could hear it and I know it. And having that first conversation with you, I'm still in awe. You know, I'm almost like you're you're like the Michael Jordan right now. <laughs> so definitely. No, um, well, I, I've been also great. I've been also very blessed working with some outstanding school business administrators. I really have. And, and the one I have now is a keeper. Great. Wonderful. Well, we, we thank you so much, Dr. Anton. What can we say? I mean, you've really blessed us here and our listeners are going to be really, really happy to hear. So thank you again for, for this. And um, we you're welcome. You. And if there's any other way that NISCUS um, can mm-hmm. be, you know, join in any kind of partnership, please reach out. I would love that. We absolutely will. Thank you, Dr. Okay. Harrington. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. You Enjoy your weekend. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was our interview with Dr. Harrington. We hope you enjoyed that conversation because I know that we did. That was something that we've been looking awesome. forward to. Yeah, forward oh to all gosh. year. So we, we really had a nice time speaking with her and getting some great insight on, on the lens from a superintendent. Yeah, nothing like hearing from the top superintendent, right? I mean, you know, like New York State Council of School Superintendents, NISCUS, is a preeminent 
Association, and she is the president of it this year. And so having that insight and knowledge, I mean, just take that take that all the way. So uh, we want to say thank you again for listening. Our listeners are, are growing. And I can tell you that we have some special things upcoming, even at the next uh, SPMW event. We're going to have some things there as well, but we look forward to seeing you each and every week. And you know, our listeners are growing, like I said. So stay tuned for SPO Perspectives. I'm Jack Mitchell. And I'm Jim Bricado. Signing out. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.